Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you can start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hello, I am so excited you're here for today's episode because it is an incredible interview, really conversation that I had with my friend Jen Emsweiler, who is so amazing. I am literally blown away by our conversation and just all the different directions we went. We talk all about mindfulness and meditation and mindset and how it really affects your health and your hormones and how to actually start incorporating it because I feel like when a lot of times we hear about meditation or mindfulness, we're like, oh, that's just woo-woo or I don't have time to incorporate it or my mind is too busy. I can't sit still. Uh, It's just not for me. And we talk about how these practices and this these this resistance we've both experienced this as well and then we also chat about how you can actually implement it in your life in very simple ways that make a profound difference in your mind in your health on your hormones it is such an incredible conversation. It's one of my favorite conversations I've had on this show, and I am so excited for you to listen to it. It is a longer episode than normal, but I really think it's going to um, spark a different type of thought in your brain that will really benefit you, um, especially this time of year with Thanksgiving coming up, the holidays. Uh, you know, there's just so much uncertainty and a lot of different moving parts and stress that's going on in the world. So, So that's why I wanted to bring this conversation to you right now, this week, because it's so important for us to really be mindful of our thoughts, our actions, all this stuff. And I don't even want to chat anymore. I'm just going to talk to you real quick about who Jen is, what she does, and then we're just going to dive right into this episode. Jen is an entrepreneur, a podcast host, a writer, a yoga and meditation teacher. She's a life coach and a mindfulness expert who's dedicated to helping people navigate change and live life mindfully, which who doesn't need more of that right now? She's the founder and CEO of Thought Leader, which aims to bring mindfulness to teams through short, simple, and powerful techniques. She's amazing, of course. All of her, her website, her podcast, all the ways you could work with her, her social handles will all be in the show notes. So check it out. But without further ado, let's dive in. Jen, welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Please let everybody know who you are and what you do. Thank you so much for having me, Corinne. I'm so excited to be here and so honored to be asked to come on to be a guest on your show, which I love. Um, So I'm Jen Emsweiler, and I am a project manager by day, but then I'm also the CEO and founder of Thought Leader, which offers virtual mindfulness sessions to businesses and teams. And I have a podcast and I'm a life coach all into all things mindfulness. I do. I have my hands in a lot of different things, <laughs> yes. but that's like who I am in a nutshell. And I'm coming to you from Austin, Texas. 
Yes, I love it. Okay, we're definitely going to dive into all of the above. Um, but so today we are chatting all about mindfulness. Um, so if someone doesn't really know exactly what mindfulness is, maybe they've heard that term because it's kind of a buzzword maybe now, but sure. they don't actually know what it is. Um, can you just dive into what mindfulness really is? Yeah, absolutely. And such a good question because I feel like <laughs> when I first started learning about mindfulness, I didn't even really understand what it was either. But basically, mindfulness is awareness in the present moment. It is just your full and total attention to the here and now. So it's really simple. And what I always tell people is you are probably being mindful throughout your day. You just don't even realize that that's what you're doing. So mm -hmm. even if you guys on the other end are hearing me talk right now and you're paying attention, <laughs> then you're being mindful. You're paying full and total attention to my voice. So uh. yeah, that's it in a nutshell, basically. I love that. And it's, yeah, I feel like a lot of people, when they hear mindfulness, they might um, you know, confuse it with meditation or something mm -hmm. that is like just a practice, like, okay, I'm going to be mindful for 10 minutes a day. And then that's kind of it instead of sure. realizing that we could really weave it into our daily life. And that's such a good um, explanation, just being present in the here and now, which is getting increasingly more difficult with all the yeah. different social media channels and technology devices we have. I feel like it's just really pulling us out of the present. And yeah. I am fully needing to work on that for sure. Um, especially just having a business online, it just makes it even more difficult to not yeah. always be connected. So I think that was an amazing explanation. And then what would be some tips that you would have for actually implementing mindfulness like throughout the day? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I want to touch really quickly on meditation versus mindfulness because yes, please. again, I wasn't really sure what this was. Um, and so basically the way that I describe mindfulness, mindfulness, we're paying attention to the here and now, and there's a lot of different modalities or ways that we can do that, right? Meditation is a vehicle to mindfulness. It Ooh. helps us get there and arrive there. Um, and so that's why meditation is so popular and such an amazing tool is that it just helps us cultivate that mindfulness practice and that mindfulness muscle. And what's really cool about mindfulness is that research has shown that when we practice mindfulness, even if it's for a few minutes a day, a couple times a week for maybe longer durations, that basically the part of our brain that is responsible for fight or flight, it shrinks. And then the part of our brain that is responsible for making decisions and concentration and focus thickens. And so basically that means that when we are practicing mindfulness, we are decreasing our stress response while increasing our ability to handle difficult situations more skillfully, be able to take a moment to respond in the way that we might want to instead of that stress response or fight or flight kicking in. So it's a really incredible tool because it allows our brain to change essentially, which is pretty wow. incredible. Yeah. That is Amazing. Okay. So many things I need to touch on on that. I love that you explained um, mindfulness or no, meditation is a vehicle to mindfulness. Is that, that have that yes. right? Okay. Yep. I love that. And then as you know, if you've listened to this podcast or anybody who's here listening to it, 
of course, I, I always talk about the importance of being mindful of our stress because of how it affects our hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is such an amazing tool. And like we'll talk about, it doesn't always just have to be a full meditation practice that can help lower these cortisol levels and change right. our brain. So, But it's so important to know that we have the power to do that just f- by switching our focus that we could actually lower our stress hormones because even especially now around the holidays 2020 mm-hmm. in general just everything in life it's right. very easy to just be stressed out not present yes. have our cortisol levels jacked up all day long which causes so many hormonal issues so yeah. i love <laughs> that you said that and that we're and that we're talking about this and how it changes your brain that is so yes cool. And this isn't woo woo. Like people might think like, Oh, this is like, you know, spiritual or it doesn't really have um, an effect. And it's science. Like this is science based. Yes. Yeah. That is what really drew me in. I mean, I'm a yoga teacher. I've taught meditation for several years, different types, but ironically, I didn't really start practicing it until a few years ago. And what really started to draw me in and I found so compelling was that there was so much research and data behind the actual physical and emotional and mental impacts that practicing mindfulness through meditation, through other, you know, practices or techniques can really have on the body, which I was like, okay, <laughs> there's something to this, like sign me up. I'm going to try to do it. Even if it was like so much resistance and it's so difficult sometimes, um, you know, that's what really kind of drew me in. And I was like, there's something to this for sure. Yes. Okay. So let's dive into that a little bit of how you really got into this and how, um, how it all started, like what really got you onto this path. And then I want to talk about, you know, tips implemented and yeah, the resistance perfect. piece, because that's huge. So yeah. let's start with really how you got into this um, and how it has positively affected your life and your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I, several years ago now, probably almost 10 years ago, I started having chronic pain after a car accident. And within the same year, I had also um, started taking birth control, ironically, Mm -hmm. and was also later diagnosed with Lyme disease. So it was kind of this like perfect storm, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, we really just thought it was from the car accident and the head injury I had. And so after that point, I had severe headaches and chronic pain. And this went on for years. And so I was an athlete before this happened. And then afterwards, I couldn't work out. I had to adjust so many things in my life. I was working as a social worker at the time, like 12 hours a day. It was a really stressful time, which I'm sure didn't help my healing process. (laughs) But basically, it was really hard for me to find a workout that didn't make me feel worse afterwards. And I would say, probably now my cortisol was probably so high that any type of workout was just spiking it. So I would almost have this like herxing or this like kind of coming down off of this workout and I would just feel miserable for days. And so all that to say, I started slowly doing yoga and I found that it was the one thing that I could really do that helped me feel like I was building strength still. And then it also really helped with the chronic pain And I felt like I had more grounding, especially on the days where the pain was more severe or more intense. And so 
I started becoming really interested in yoga and became a yoga teacher. And in these practices, I would guide people through meditation. I learned all about meditation. I thought it was fantastic, you know, but I never really felt like it was for me. I much preferred the yogic state of meditation in that you're connecting your movement with your breath and your mind is being drawn to the breath, but you're doing something active. And so that like really served me for a long time. And I would Mm -hmm. say, again, yoga is a vehicle into mindfulness as well. And so that was kind of where I was with my, or with meditation. It was like, I just don't think this is for me. Really cool that it's for other people. Um, and so a few years ago, I had um, a couple of family members pass suddenly kind of back to back. I was working a pretty intense job at the time as well. And I live pretty far away from my family. So grief just sort of hit me in a really intense way. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing grief counseling and kind of was like, I'll do it for a few weeks. It'll be fine. It'll be great. And um, two years later, I'm still in counseling, which is fantastic. I recommend it to everyone. But in my sessions, we would do this sort of like meditation thing where we would just center essentially at the beginning and the end where we would breathe together. And um, it just felt like I don't even like a breath of fresh air in the sense that I had been so stressed and so anxious and had all these emotions. And so it just felt so nice to sit and breathe. And so I started really looking into meditation and how can I practice it? What are the true benefits? You know, how do people start um, just to get a better understanding of it? And that's when I started really looking at mindfulness as well. And I started practicing meditation every day, probably two times a day, maybe three during this sort of several months of grief and just high stress mm-hmm. in the morning, during my day at work for 10 minutes, and then in the evening. And I started seeing these like wild shifts in my life. Not only was it a p- impacting my grief and my ability to kind of cope with these difficult emotions, but I felt like I could focus and concentrate more at work. I felt like I was more present in my life. And then if things came up that were difficult or stressful, I felt like I had a greater ability to just sort of handle it instead of just immediately feeling super stressed. Um, And so, yeah, I just went down this rabbit hole essentially of (laughs) reading and researching and doing all of this work to really understand this amazing gift that... I believe we all have. We all have, you know, the ability to cultivate mindfulness. It's accessible for everyone. And that really drew me into where it's not just one size fits all. That's my opinion, mm-hmm. but it is open and available and you just have to tap into it and you can start so slow and so small. Um, but the benefits are really quite incredible. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. First of all, thank you for sharing all of that. That was amazing. I think a lot of people are going to be able to connect with either an injury, stopping them from doing their normal, you know, whatever they normally do workout wise or in Mm -hmm. life and grief. And especially there's just so much that people could connect with, with that. So thank you for sharing that. And I think it's really important to note that like you said, to start small, I think it could sometimes seem overwhelming to people like, oh, I have to sit down and do a 30 minute meditation practice where that's very daunting, especially like someone like me who, and I'm sure people listening are probably could connect with that too, that uh, it's very hard to just um, sit 
and silence and, you know, yes. clear your mind and all of that. So I like that you talked about, and we'll get more into it, of how you could slowly get into mindfulness in different ways, whether that's meditation, whether that's starting with yoga. And for me, yeah. yoga is is helpful for me to be mindful as well because I'm moving. So it, it, mm. it does help mm-hmm. me breathe more, be more present than when I am just sitting there. Although I do a meditation practice and I agree that in the moment when I am meditating, I don't always feel like this huge, you know, benefit, like I'm floating out of my body. Like, you know, I don't like I've heard some, and I'm sure if you go deep, deep enough into a meditation that that could happen, but I haven't personally experienced that, but I have experienced, like you said, the benefits throughout my day of just being mm. more patient, being more better better yeah. able to handle situations. And when I talk with my clients about trying to get them to start a practice, I'm like, you might not notice it in the moment that it's doing mm-hmm. something beneficial to you, but you will notice it in other areas of your life. Um, yes. So I love that you brought that up too. Yes. And I think like what I always remind people too is that two things. One is that mindfulness is we're really cultivating a muscle essentially where our brain is essentially creating a new neural pathway and that's going to take a bit of time. And so like you said, it's not necessarily like a cup of coffee or two where you might feel its effects right away. It's more like if you go to the gym and you're slowly building up muscle, right? You don't typically go to the gym and do like a two hour workout and then expect to see results. You might feel like (laughs) exhausted, but um, it may be sore, but you're not going to see those results until you are really cultivating that, you know, consistency and that balance and that practice. And so I tell people all the time, you know, our mindfulness muscle needs to be cultivated. It needs to be built up. And so even if you have 30 seconds, a minute to do that every day, it's still contributing. It's still doing something. And the second thing I would say too, is that a lot of people wonder, am I doing it right? Am I doing mindfulness right? Am I meditating right? And it typically has something to do with like, I still have so many thoughts and I don't know what to do with a busy mind. And so Again, like what I what I found so supportive and because I have such a busy mind, I am such a thinker. So sitting Same. and doing meditation is so challenging for me. But um, what is really amazing is that your thoughts are part of the process. Mm-hmm. The thinking that happens, the distraction that happens, the mind wandering that happens through mindfulness or meditation practice is part of the practice. So anytime the mind wanders, gently bringing it back to one point of focus, whether it's a mantra or your breath, whatever you're doing or the task at hand, right? That is cultivating that muscle. So anytime that the mind wanders and we bring it back, it's part of that exercise. And so you are probably doing it right. It's just returning to that thing, that area of focus or that point of focus, and then also being gentle and not judgmental to yourself. So it also helps us cultivate that sort of inner connection and maybe even that inner dialogue and grace that we might need more of, especially right now during this year. And we can cultivate that through a mindfulness practice, which is pretty incredible to me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I feel the same. My mind is super busy. Um, It's even more so busy now being a business owner. And I know we have talked about this before and you helped me a lot with this when I was 
originally doing my meditation practice right first thing as I wake up in the morning because, you know, I've just always heard like that's the best time to do yeah. it. Yeah. All of that. And I was feeling like I wasn't really able to gain the full benefits from it anymore because my mind was so busy in the morning. So you gave me an amazing tip of doing it after some type of movement because that's yes. how it was originally um, like cultivated or originally meant to do after a yoga practice, like in Shavasana. And yeah. it helped me so much because it was really nice after my workout to look forward to like, oh, okay, now I can just like sit for a couple minutes and relax. Totally. And I was just like able to let go more. So mm. I think it's important to know that it doesn't always look the same for everybody. It yes. doesn't always have to be, you know, right in the morning or at night or, you know, whenever it is or whatever you've always heard, like there's one specific way of doing it. And like you said, that you have to clear your mind because if that's the case, I've been meditating wrong for yeah. years because my <laughs> mind is never clear. Oh, yes. Um, so that's, that was such a helpful tip for me. Um, I'm so glad. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been so helpful. That's essentially what I do too. I think it's so funny, you know, us humans, we Google things and we look to other people and I think that's really natural and normal. And so as I was sort of researching all this stuff, I just started realizing like, I want to get curious and try things. And so that is like a big tip for people too, is have fun with it. Get curious. Like when does it feel the most supportive for you? Is it in the middle of the day? Is it for five minutes? Do you like a longer meditation or a different mindfulness practice, like going for a walk? I mean, yeah. there are so many different ways that you can cultivate it. And I personally think it can shift all the time. For like sure. some days I recognize now, like, I don't really want to sit for meditation today. I don't think that's going to serve me. So I'm going to go for a walk and make that my meditative practice. And maybe I have a mantra or an intention or something, but there's just so many different ways that you can cultivate it. And, you know, there is no one size fits all in my opinion. <laughs> no, I totally agree. The walking meditation or the moving meditation. I like to start my clients off with that too, because that's been helpful for me as well. And I just think it's easier to clear your mind because you're moving. So it's not like yes. you're trying to still your mind and your body is still. Um, so that is helpful. But it's true. Like we're not the same people day in and day out. It's not like we always do the same things. We are evolving, especially as women. We have different phases to our cycle, which means our yes. brain reacts differently in different phases. Our hormones are different in different phases. So like we need different things at different times. Yeah. So being more fluid with it and not feeling so rigid. Like I have to do it this way. This is the way it needs to be done because that doesn't always serve you. And right. I am speaking to myself in a way because I'm very like structured oriented, Same. like this is how it needs to be. But once I really take a look at it, I'm like, okay, but this isn't working. So it's like almost right. a waste of my time doing it like this. Cause it's not benefiting me at all. So I might right. as well switch it up. Yes. It's and, like having it on a to-do list, right? Yes. Where, I mean, I feel like I did this for a long time and not to say that I wasn't getting some kind of benefit, but yeah. I was doing it first thing in the morning. I was doing it for a set amount of time and I'm sure it was doing something, but it wasn't something I necessarily look, looked forward to. So I think there's a difference between like the resistance we might experience because we're doing something that we know is going to be good for us, like working out. Yeah. And then there's that like, oh, the, the way in which I'm doing this is just not supportive or it's really not suiting me during this season. And that's okay. Like yeah. if sitting and meditating or whatever 
isn't working, like get curious, do something else. You can always come back to that. Everything is, you know, impermanent. So have fun with it, you know? I love that. And with things that are ever changing now, like people are working from home or their, their job is different. So maybe sitting at home trying to do a meditation practice is, is tough for you because now your work is at home. So it's hard for you to separate it. So maybe it'll be easier for you to go outside and do it, or even sit in your car and like literally just like yourself from your regularly scheduled programming, whatever it is for you is, is what's going to help. And it's just, it's so important to know that we, instead of, like you said, instead of making it a chore or something on your to-do list, I want everyone to think of this as just another tool in your toolbox to really add into your wellness practice and mm-hmm. how it does affect your hormones and your health. And it's not a woo-woo thing. And it's right. not something like, because that's what so many people think, but yeah. it's really not. And like, it's, I want everyone to feel empowered that it's free, first of all, it's free to do. It's just, it's breathing. And it's something that's going to help you in your actual physical body, in your mind. Like every single cell in your body has benefited from this, from like all the oxygen that's flooding into your system from it. Like learning how to breathe in general is so helpful. Just like you said, from your changing neural pathways, like there's so many things that it's so amazing. It is really amazing. And When I was going through seasons of really intense pain, especially from, you know, hormone imbalance um, and getting these like severe headaches, it's really tough to want to meditate or whatever, but there's certain meditations or mantras that I lean on now when I'm having a more like, you know, inflammatory day or whatever it is that's causing (laughs) it. Right. Um, that is something that now I can just immediately go to that can just help me kind of sit and and rest in that state of calm Mm -hmm. and knowing again, that everything is temporary. And, um, many years ago, John Kabat-Zinn, who really pioneered, I think a lot of mindfulness practices, he started the mindfulness-based stress reduction clinic up in uh, Massachusetts. And basically it was a clinic at a hospital where he was bringing in individuals who had serious medical issues um, and were facing terminal illness and disease. And they did an eight weeks, eight week course where they practiced and learned different meditations and they did it consistently. And after eight weeks, the results were incredible. I mean, people were healing, like getting better. They were recovering quicker. Um, Their stress levels were down. I mean, it's just really incredible to like look into. So you can just Google it and it will pop up. But I found that to be really compelling as far as looking at it too, like you said, as part of your wellness journey. And then also if you're healing or looking to find hormone balance or whatever it is you're facing, like it has literally been shown to help aid in that process and that recovery. So pretty cool. Yes. That's amazing. And, and just the power of our mind too, that, that really helps heal. So when you, um, if you want to expand on this, so when you were saying you were in intense pain from your car accident, from hormonal, um, imbalances, did it help your pain in the moment? And, and that was all, or did it help extend past when you were actually doing does that make sense doing the meditation? Yeah, no, that's such a great question. And I would say a couple things. I would say some days it just didn't really serve me too much to do like a long meditation. Um, 
what I would typically do is listen to like a few guided meditations um, and just really try to get into a relaxed state. But there were days where the pain was so intense that even doing that was like really challenging. Mm -hmm. So I would just sort of come back to my breath, come back to like affirmations. So I feel like it sort of helped uh, me cultivate it in other aspects and learned, okay, maybe the meditation isn't going to be what supports me today, but maybe some of the other breath work or other practices that I have are going to. And, you know, I think outside of it, when your body is in in chronic pain or your body has been like dealing with something for a long amount of time, you typically have some sort of stress going on and it can be mentally exhausting. It can be emotionally exhausting. I mean, I think too, uh, some of us, when we're dealing with things like this, we might, the, you know, output might be that our emotions feel unsteady or we have more anxiety. And then maybe for others, it's like, maybe we have more of a numbing or a shutting out. Mm. And I think it just manifests differently when you're dealing with pain, or maybe you think like there's something seriously wrong with me. And I think having that on your mind all the time is exhausting and it, it takes a toll on your, your physical body, your physical health. So it's this like weird, vicious cycle of when you're trying to heal, but you're constantly in pain. So all that to say, I think the practice really helped my nervous system, like calm my nervous system on a regular basis, which helped the pain be more manageable, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. And it just allowed me to know that there was this like safe space I could return to at any time mm. that was just going to help me move through whatever I was currently experiencing. Yeah. Wow. So, and also when your body is in so much pain like that, it's a lot of times it's due to inflammation and that takes a lot of energy on your body. Oh my gosh. That's why a lot of times it's paired with intense fatigue. So you, it's, it's emotionally draining, it's physically draining, and there really is no separation. Like it's, it's all one, everything is all connected. So your body is inflamed, which is causing your energy to drain. And then from your mind, like you said, thinking over and over, like there's something wrong with me, or I don't want to be in this pain anymore. Like that, right? you know, circus or just whatever that's going on in your brain is making the fatigue even more challenging and it's just draining your energy. So the mindfulness and just breathing, not only is it, you know, helping maybe clear your mind and lower your stress hormones, but it's flooding your body with oxygen, which we need oxygen for energy. So Mm -hmm. it's going to help everything all together. And I think some people have a block around um, everything being connected, like, oh, like what I'm thinking mm-hmm. in my brain and, you know, me saying over and over, like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm always going to be in pain, da, 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 like how that doesn't manifest in your body. And it absolutely does because our brain doesn't know the difference between like oh, exactly. what we're saying over and over and what's actually yeah. real. Like, yes. it's just like what you said about how it creates a neural pathway. What you say and what you do day in and day out is creating pathways in your brain, which is why habits are, are challenging to break and they're challenging to start because a habit is something you're unconsciously doing. And that's a neural pathway that you need to change. So it is all connected. And until we realize that, and until we know that you could eat and move your body and be, you know, eating the perfect quote unquote, perfect diet, which doesn't exist and moving your body, you know, 24 seven, 
But if your mind is still running wild and you're not taking care of that aspect of it, you are not going to be able to fully heal. No, I, I, and like, I totally agree. And I'm so glad that you said that because it is such a big piece in our journey as humans and also in the healing process, you know, like we are holistic beings. And so our mind and our thoughts are so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why in this mindfulness, you know, based stress reduction clinic, people were basically helping their mindset shift into this state of healing. And like you said, also doing breathing and, you know, maybe there's some intention setting and just increasing your awareness is so powerful. Yes. You have different insights. You might notice something you're doing or eating or something that maybe is just like not what you need to be doing. Um, yeah. There are just so many things that sort of come as a trickle effect from practicing and cultivating it. And like, I feel like it's like, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm geeking out a little bit about it, <laughs> so um, much, but it's so truly, good. it's like really changed my life. And yeah. I'm a pretty like skeptical person, I think in a lot of ways. And I do feel like over the past couple years through my healing journey, through navigating pain that I have made leaps and bounds in progress because I started really paying attention to my mind and, um, Real quick, my husband and I were talking, we read research all the time separately. And then we like, we'll tell each other about it. But he was <laughs> like, it. oh my gosh, you would love this study. But we, we were looking at it and basically these athletes were um, given the task to one, what they were basketball players. One was to actually shoot, um, you know, free throws, actually practice it for like several weeks. The other didn't practice it at all. He sat and visualized him successfully doing it. Oh my God. And they found that the one who was visualizing it when he actually played, like when they started, you know, looking at the actual results and impacts, he was more successful and had a different perspective. Even when he missed, it was still like his perspective was different than the one who was physically practicing, which I think is so incredible that we can be doing all the things, like you said, working out our bodies, eating differently. And those are Mm -hmm. super important. But if our mind and what we're telling ourselves doesn't align with the actions we're taking, then we're essentially hurting our progress and or we're we're stuck, you know? And so I think that was like a real light bulb moment for me in my like health journey and wellness journey. Um, So yeah, that's, that's basically why I'm so obsessed with it. (laughs) I'm with you on it. Mindset is like my favorite thing on the planet. I, I truly believe I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my mindset, because Mm. That is something that you can always control and you have the ability to, to control it and it either is going to destroy you or propel you forward. And I, I truly believe that. And if you, like like you said, with the visualization, like visualizing him getting that in, your brain does not know that that's not actually happening. Right. Like it thinks that it's actually happening. So when you visualize stuff, it's not, again, this isn't woo-woo, like this is science. When you visualize things, it your brain thinks it's already happening. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so amazing. And like you said, you know, we could be eating, moving our body, but if you're sitting there and you're eating a salad, but you're like, I'm still going 
going to get fat. I'm so fat from this, or I'm always going to be in pain. And like all the stuff that you're doing, you're confusing your body, first of all, and it's going to manifest in some way. And if you truly don't believe that you could heal, you're not going to heal. Mm. Like there's so true, no way around it. And I think too, having seen so many different doctors for so many years, Mm give me their opinions or their projections of what I will look like in a year or two or what my journey is going to be like, that is incredibly toxic in a lot of ways, at least from, and not all the professionals I saw, but a lot of them. And I think that played a really detrimental role in my recovery or, or really understanding what was going on because I put so much power into these other people, you know, rightfully so helping me, but then also telling me that you're going to be like this, or we don't know what's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with, you know, like there were so many different opinions. And I think that it is so important to come back to yourself, to come back Mm. to your center, to ask yourself, like, what do I want? What do I really need? Um, and to just honor that and trust your intuition. And I think too, like, when you're facing hormone imbalance sometimes as well as, as, and pain, you know, you can have thoughts that feel very obsessive or intrusive or anxious. And so it's really difficult to feel like you have control over them. But what I would say is have some sort of mantra or some sort of, some sort of phrase, something that you can return to that acknowledges that yes, you're feeling anxious or yes, you're in pain, but that you're strong or that you're, you're going to be, you know, healing and you're doing everything you can to help your body recover. And you're here to support your body and you're making good decisions, whatever it is, because returning to that over and over again, it's something very simple, but that is mindfulness. That is a way, like if you're on a healing journey and you're on a wellness journey and you just feel overwhelmed sometimes, like (laughs) just have a phrase or something you can return to because that will help your mind have something to focus on. Cause like our mind loves to think it's always going to think always like you've probably had so many different, we've had so many different thoughts as each other is talking about other things. Right. (laughs) And it's not like we're consciously like, I'm going to think about this. Right. we have these pathways that direct our thoughts sometimes. So when we're training the mind, like, Hey, yeah, I may be really anxious right now. Or like, Hey, yeah, this has been a crap day and I feel horrible, mm-hmm. but I am really strong, but I am really capable and I'm going to get through this and I'm going to recover. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is changing a neural pathway and it'll take a little bit of time, but then your body will start to, your body and mind will be like, okay, yeah, we're doing this. Like we're doing the thing. (laughs) This is still present. This is still happening. It doesn't mean that it's any less difficult or, you know, any less of a struggle, but we're doing the thing. We'll get through it. Right. And, and it gets easier as not the pain and stuff, but I mean the practice of it, just yes. like you were talking about with going to the gym, working out, like the first time you try and do, I don't know, uh, like 10 pushups, you might only be able to do two, but if you keep going back every single day, you're eventually going to be able to do 10 with ease. And it's the same thing with a mindfulness practice and with having it be your default. And it's not like you're never going to have, like you said, um, you know, negative thoughts or negative feelings, like right. we're going to, we're meant to have all right. the thoughts, <laughs> but it's like, okay, but how can we reframe it? How can we, um, make that not our default and just like go yes. back and try and think of a, a better thought. So exactly. 
Um, have you, this was a thought I had before and I, I don't want to forget it. Have you seen the documentary Heal? Yes. It's so interesting. It's yeah. pretty fascinating. You know, I think someone recommended it to me when it first came out and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's really <laughs> And then cool. I felt like I was like ready to take in that information and I was like, okay, yeah. And I think everyone is on their own journey, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to make mindfulness into a spiritual practice, you can. If you right. want to make it more of like training your mind, you can. Like whatever it, whatever resonates most with you in the season you're in, it's available. And I think that documentary is so fascinating. So fascinating. If anyone hasn't seen it and you're into this stuff, definitely check it out. But um, (laughs) yeah. And, and you know, your body best, no one knows your body better than you. And the way we maybe were practicing mindfulness in January of 2020 does not look the same as it does now in 2020. I mean, everything is changing so rapidly. Um, But also having a practice like this, is something that you could come back to no matter what's going on in the outside world, mm-hmm. like that could stay consistent. So um, let's talk about a few tips that you would recommend of how yeah. someone could start implementing this if they're new to mindfulness or totally. maybe they have done it, but they're like, oh, it's not really working. So like, just to give them some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, so I would say to start slow, start small, and most importantly, like be gracious and kind to yourself, especially if this is, is new, you know, um, it'll be a journey for you. Um, and then what I love to tell people to do is to just pair it with something you already do. Mm. It can be a task. It can be something that you really enjoy doing. It could be a ritual, um, you know, lighting a candle, dimming the lights, you know, doing different things like that. But it could also be like brushing your teeth. And when you're brushing your teeth, what you're doing is you're paying attention to brushing your teeth, you know, and anytime your mind wanders, you just bring it back. It could be making coffee or making tea, engaging your senses, paying attention to the process, drinking it, just being in the moment. And it doesn't have to be with the, for the whole duration. It could be for 30 seconds, a few minutes, and just kind of savor that and notice what you feel like, notice what you notice. Um, I feel like that is the easiest way to kind of introduce the practice. Um, if I'm having a really busy, like overwhelming packed week, and I know that I may not be able to sit or do a longer mindfulness practice, I'm looking for those small little tasks that I'm doing and pairing it with that. Um, and then the other thing I would say is to pause and notice um, anytime throughout your day, you could set a reminder on your calendar, on your phone, it could be for a minute or two, set a timer, just pause and notice like five things around you. Mm. Notice how you feel, just check in with yourself and without judgment. So just notice what's present. Maybe you take a few deep breaths, inhales and out, exhales, and then you just let it go. Um, I find for a mindfulness practice for starting that to be really helpful Now, if you're wanting to do like meditation, I think, which is also great and such an easy way to kind of dip a toe into mindfulness, I think practicing um, by using different apps, Insight Timer, Headspace, Calm, like they're all guided meditations. You can find some that are shorter. You don't have to do really long ones right away. I would work (laughs) up to that. You know what I mean? Um, And yeah, I mean, I think... Even when it comes to meditation, you can do your own like unguided meditation and just breathing in and out. And every time you breathe in, you say in your mind in, 
And every time you breathe out, you say in your mind out, set a timer, mm-hmm. just do that. Um, so yeah, those are Love kind of it. like the few things I would, I would start with. Yeah. And what I've tried. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I like, I've heard that too of um, when you were saying like noticing things around you, I've heard of like doing, okay, five things you could see, um, four things like you could touch, yeah. three things you could smell, so, like using your senses, like all five senses yeah. is also a tool for someone if you are experiencing um, anxiety um, yes. or if you're having anxiety attack, bringing it like, you know, back to the present moment and being like, okay, what are five things I could literally see right now? And it just like kind of brings you back into the moment instead of exactly. in the future or the past, wherever you're living yep. for that anxiety. Totally. Yes. So great, great point. Yeah, yeah. I love those. I love those tips. All right. Real quick. Can you talk to us about different I mean, I know there's so many different types of meditation, but do you think that it's more beneficial if somebody hasn't done a meditation before to start with guided, to start with just doing a timer? I mean, I know it's up to everybody, so try both and see what you like better, but yeah. um, you know, just if you want to touch on that before yeah. we talk about the holidays. Yes, totally. Um, I think that's a great, great advice. Try different things, see what feels best for you. Um, as far as different types of meditation, there are so many. So I'll touch on just a few to maybe like explore or look into, um, mindfulness meditation can be pretty all encompassing, but essentially you're paying attention to your, your breath or a point of focus and your thoughts are just passing. So you don't judge your thoughts. And so that's primarily what I've been talking about. But within that too, there's a meditation practice called noting where basically you might be focusing on your breath or a mantra or an affirmation, whatever it is. And anytime your thoughts become distracted, you note what it is that came up. So whether it's an emotion or a type of thought, so um, maybe you had a thought come up and you're like, oh, that was an anxious thought. Or maybe you have a thought that comes up and it's like a future-based thought. So you'd be like, oh, that's a future-based thought. And you don't judge. You don't like get involved with it. You just come back to your point of focus. And so again, this just helps create that awareness and creates a little bit of space. And I also feel like it lets you become more aware of like the thought patterns that you're having. Yeah. I just so that. I never heard of yeah, this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I really like it. Um, and I mean, also I've found like when I've practiced this more through meditation, um, I'm more aware of it throughout my day too. So you just are kind of, again, you're increasing that awareness through mindfulness. Um, I love that. The other one I would say, there's a few. So I really love a body scan meditation. Um, It's a great place to start because you're just basically scanning your body. It's exactly what it is from your (laughs) head down to your toes or your toes up to your head. And you're just noticing what's present in the body, maybe emotionally, might be physical sensations, whatever is present. And you're just sort of creating a mental picture of the body. And it it can take like 30 seconds, um, but there are like longer body scans which honestly I have found to be really helpful when I'm experiencing a lot of pain too. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Because you're invited to, to like, you're almost taking this other, uh, you're being objective. You're noticing, you're not becoming involved. You're analyzing your symptoms or analyzing what's happening to you. And you might even be invited to like breathe into a space of dif- discomfort or tension or to let go of an emotion that might be present or just to acknowledge it, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So I love body scans. There yeah, are tons of guided body scans. And that also, just before you move on from that, because I, I think that's important for anyone who is like in pain doing this body scan, you could also, because we were talking about visual visualization, visualize that body part or whatever it is like healing while you're doing that body scan to just bring that awareness, that visualization, that idea to your brain, like, you know, bring light around it or whatever it is and just like visualize it in a healthy state instead of always maybe looking at yourself in a state of pain or sickness or whatever, like just looking at it in a different way and doing the body scan could be a really great way to do that. Yeah. And there's actually visualization meditations that are exactly what you just said, which are Mm. really powerful. Um, And you could be prompted with different types of visualizations. Um, It could apply to you. It could apply to somebody else or a situation. Um, So really powerful. Um, And those are also typically guided. Um, And then loving kindness meditation is really popular. I feel like it's gaining more popularity, Uh, but basically you're focusing on the image in your mind of different people. It could be someone you know. It could be a population of people that you don't know. It could be your community. Um, but it's really an incredible practice. I feel like personally, it's it builds compassion. It builds gratitude. Um, it just gives you this sort of positive energy. And you're also directing positive energy and goodwill to other people. And I just... I feel like, especially during this year, it's a practice I have come back to so many times, Mm. especially when I'm having like a heavier day or it feels really negative. Um, There's just a lot going on. It is such a beautiful practice. I love that. I'm going to definitely do the note noting one. And I think it's just good for everyone to also know that like you, these practices help you realize that you are not your thoughts. Like you, they are separate from you. They're not they're neither good nor bad. They're neutral. We we create the feeling that comes with them and mm-hmm. you're not your thoughts. And I think that we get very wrapped up in identifying with them and even identifying stuff with ourselves. Like, oh, I'm an anxious person or I'm not good enough or I'm always this. I'm always, and we identify with these things and starting a mindfulness practice, whatever capacity that looks like for you really helps you know that you're not these thoughts. They're separate from right. you. This is just your mind, you know, and 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 you over time, over practice, you gain more control over that. So love totally. all of those things. Um, okay, and I want to respect your time. So last final thing before we talk about how we can work with you, get in touch with you, because everyone's gonna be obsessed with you after this. <laughs> um so let's just talk about some tips or whatever you suggest for navigating the holidays this season. Obviously. Mm-hmm. With it's 2020, the time of this recording, uh, COVID is now spiking again. Um, you know, things are looking different for the holidays. People are, yeah. some people are in lockdown, some are not. It's, you know, it's, um, no one really knows what to do because we've right. never been in this situation. So it's right. very easy to get anxious about all of this. So what would you um, suggest that we could do to help navigate this? Yeah, uh, such a great question. And I feel like it's just been so present for me the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing that really comes to mind, I actually have a podcast episode a little bit about this. It's a short one next week, but Ooh. engaging in gratitude, which sounds like we hear it all the time, right? <laughs> um, but 
I have been doing this in the month of November and it, it has really, I think, helped support me through the uncertainty, through the things that feel really heavy or um, frustrating or, you know, mm-hmm. things are just different and it's hard. Yeah. Change is hard, especially when it's difficult change. Right. Um, and so I would say engaging in a gratitude practice, and this could be something like just every morning you think of one thing or a few things that you're grateful for, and you just name them in your head. I mean, you could journal a couple things, you know, every day. Um, it can just be very simple things that you do. And it's just like shifted my perspective. I personally do it in the morning. And then the other thing I've been trying to do as well is to express gratitude to people around me. Mm. And gratitude has been shown to decrease our stress, to increase our empathy and compassion. I mean, it has physical and emotional impacts. And so that is the one that like I keep returning to as on like the holidays are going to look really different for my family this year as so many others. Um, And we're probably going to have a sense of loss from some of the things that are not the same. And so just returning to this helps me focus on the good and the things that I am so grateful for. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be big things either. Like I just want to make that, uh, that point. I do this too. Um, I do it in the morning. I also sometimes do it at night and sometimes it's something small. Like I'm grateful for, um, my sweater today. Like I really liked my sweater today or like, I'm grateful my partner emptied the dishwasher for me, like, which is actually kind of a big thing, but like, it could be little <laughs> stuff. Cause you know, hundred percent. Like, oh, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my job. Like that's all great, but that's not little things you could look for in your day. Yes. Uh, that's such a great point. Yeah. Look for those little things. And I would say too, what I've been really trying to do instead of just like listing things out is really savoring the feeling that I get when I think about the gratitude I'm having. So just sitting in that feeling for like a few seconds or a minute and just being like, yes, like things may not be the way that I want them to be. And there may be some really difficult things happening, but I'm so grateful for this small thing or this big thing that I'm, you know, that I have. Yeah. I'm so glad you said the feeling part because that's huge. If you're just writing stuff down and you're not actually feeling the feeling of gratitude when you're writing it, it's not, or, or thinking about it, it's not really doing anything. So right. attaching <laughs> that feeling to it is really what actually matters. So I'm so happy you said that. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So keep going. Oh no, no, no. That's so great. Um, the other thing I would say to just like, as we're navigating a different season and certain things might be coming up for us, um, that we don't, anticipate whether it's emotionally or relationally Mm. is to just come back to that mindfulness to just like come back to your breath. And I would just invite you to maybe carve out like a safe space or someplace that you can just kind of go to, to sit. Maybe you just sort of surround yourself with things that bring you comfort or joy. You know, um, that is another thing that I've been returning to lately. Um, and I think it's really important during this season to check in with yourself. I mean, I think it's really easy for us to check out and to distract ourselves and to get caught up in other things and other stories, but really notice and pay attention what's present for you without judgment. And I would also say like, check in on your friends and family because Mm -hmm. everyone is processing things differently and just give people grace and let them know you're there for them and you care about them. Um, 
And the other thing that kind of came to mind was just, there's not a lot of things it feels like we can control, especially right now, but something we can control is (laughs) to eat mindfully. Um, I feel like food is a big part of the holidays. I love food. Um, (laughs) And so I feel like it's one of those things too, when we're really stressed or things are shifting, we can get into these sort of bingey habits and like not even being noticing like that we're eating. And so I say this because it can become something that you really enjoy and that can feel really good during this time. So eat mindfully, allowing shame and guilt to kind of move away, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you have like anxiety about what you can eat and drink while you're eating, savor the meal, like sit down and chew and just simplify it and smile and just like eat intuitively. Like if you want to eat something, ask yourself like, okay, like my body really wants this. Is this going to serve me? Yes. And if it's like a cupcake or something else that you're like not supposed to have, like eat with your intuition. Like, is this the thing? If it is, that's okay. Like give yourself some grace, you know? So I would just say like, be gracious, be mindful about that. Um, But I feel like we can eat mindfully and we can really enjoy and savor that whatever we're able to eat. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because even you know, with or without the holidays, mindfully eating is actually aids in our digestion, which is huge part of wellness and hormones and all of that. The gut is connected to everything. But there are a lot of times if you are sitting in front of the TV when you're eating, if you're on your phone while you're eating, if which mm-hmm. I've done all of the above, so I'm not shaming you no, because <laughs> I have done literally every single one of these things. Same. But I notice I'll finish my meal and I'll be like, what did I even just eat? Like, I don't even, did I taste that? Like, I don't even know what I had. And then it also kind of makes you feel like you're hungry still. Cause you don't even remember what you Yes, ate. I was just about to say, I feel like yeah. that's when I have like crazy cravings where yes. I'm like, Oh my God, I want like salt and I want sweet. And I want like all these different things. And yes. I'm hungry. My body's like, we just ate a full meal. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like what but I don't remember doing? it. So it didn't count. Yes. Yeah. So that's a huge thing to, to, to talk about. So I'm, I'm so happy you said that um, because it's true. We really just need to be mindful about all these things, um, especially on the holidays and be gracious with yourself. Like you said, because even if you aren't someone who's typically an anxious person or typically mm-hmm. experiencing anxiety, you most likely are now, uh, you know, like I, I'm not someone who always ex- experiences a lot of anxiety, but, uh, recently I, I have not like anxiety attacks or anything, but it shows up in different ways. So also notice mm. that in yourself and be gracious. Like, okay, maybe your patients are a little less than what they used to be or yeah, like, sure. you know, just, just being graceful with yourself because no one knows what the F is going on. Like no one knows how right. to handle this, what the quote unquote right way to do. Are we supposed to go to holidays? Are we not supposed to go to holidays? Are we like, right. what are we supposed right. to do? Oh my like, gosh, it's, I know. It's so stressful to think about it. Um, but just know that everybody's dealing with it. Like do the best that you can make the decision that's best for you and be gracious. And like you said, check in on the people that normally don't need to be checked in on because they might need you more than you think. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And I think there's a lot of difficult decisions that I feel like people are needing to make and there's a lot of uncertainty. And so I would say if you're faced with what do I do what's best for me, what's best for my family. I would just invite you to take a moment and really like Corinne, you mentioned this earlier, just kind of ask that question to yourself and take a moment to get quiet and, and 
either get still or move (laughs) and just see what comes up for you. Because a lot of times we look to outside sources and external sources for that information. But a lot of times, you know, in these uncertain times, we need to trust our intuition and look internally um, and make the best decision for ourselves and not necessarily be like in the emotional mind and the logical mind. And so I feel like we need to sometimes sort of step back and be like, okay, I'm going to just take a minute you know, journaling helps you do that, but, um, yeah, just be kind to yourself. I mean, it's just such a, a really difficult and unprecedented time. As yeah, we all know. exactly. That's, that's the theme of this year. Um, right. so, oh my gosh, Jen, I could literally talk to you for hours and hours. So before I, I chew your ear off more, can you tell everybody, um, what kind of work you do, how they could connect with you, talk about your podcast, you know, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Thank you. Um, so I do have a podcast it's called from Jen to Zen and so it's basically just all about, I share my journey, um, from Jen to Zen, but basically <laughs> it's like filled with tools and tips and methodologies and stories. I interview some people all about just navigating life. Um, and looking for ways to find greater ease and balance along the way. Um, you can find that wherever you listen to pods. And then yes. um, I'm also a, a life coach and more so like a mindfulness coach. And then I also help people with like career guidance and things, just really looking to align with, you know, what they feel most um, present for them. And so you can connect with me on um, social at from Jen to Zen or um, at my website from jendazen.com. I am definitely taking one-on-one coaching sessions, awesome. um, which I absolutely love. And, um, and then through my business, my other business, Get Thought Leader, um, you can find that at getthoughtleader.com. But basically I've been offering uh, virtual mindfulness sessions to businesses and teams, and then also workshops. So I'll lead meditations and, you know, I can partner with teams to really look at what would feel most supportive, especially during this time. So, so yeah, cool. those are the ways. I touch. I'd love to hear from anyone. Like, please reach out. I love to connect. Yes, Yes. please. Seriously, if you are listening to this podcast, if you're still listening, because I know it's a longer one than we than I normally do on this podcast, but that's because this topic is so amazing and Jen is so amazing. Please reach out to her. Like, comment or message her on Instagram. Of course, all her links and everything are going to be in the show notes, so you could check it out. Her podcast is so amazing. She's so amazing. I mean, like, I feel like I've known her forever. I haven't at all, but I just could talk to her for so long. She's so calming. And the work that you're doing in this world is so needed. And I so appreciate you and you appreciate your time um, for you know sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience and opening up on this podcast. I, I love it. So please reach out to her. Um, that's like one of the best things you could do with anybody who's on a podcast. It just means so much to both of us <laughs> to know that someone's listening totally. and finding value in it. Yes. Um, So thank you so much, Jen, for being here. Seriously, I really appreciate it. Um, I love talking to you about all of this and I'm so excited to see where this journey takes you and us. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me and thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, 
please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.